اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم لیسن نمبر 150 سورة الكهف آیا نمبر 9 to 26 ام حسبت or do you think ان اصحاب الكهفی that the companions of the cave والرقیمی and the inscription كانوا they were من آیاتنا of our signs عجبا a wonder amazing do you think That the people of the cave, the people of Ar-Raqim, they are, what happened with them is something amazing. It's something ajab. Of course it is. Of course it is amazing. You are rightfully surprised because their story is amazing. It's quite extraordinary. But remember that your Lord is capable of doing far more amazing things. If you look at the ayah, أَمْ حَسِبْتَ Or do you think, when you're being asked a question, all of a sudden what happens? You become alert. So, from this ayah onwards, the story of the people of the cave is mentioned. And this question is asked in order to alert us. In order to make us curious. Do you know about this amazing story? Yeah, you think it's amazing? Of course it's amazing. And you know what? Your Lord can do something that's even more amazing. Who are the people of the cave? Ashab al-Kahf. People of the cave, they're basically some men, some youth, who believed in Allah alone. And when they saw that their people were opposed to this belief, and they were going to face a lot of hardship if they... adhere to the belief in Allah alone, what these men did is that they left their people and they intended to go somewhere else. Somewhere else where they could worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala freely. But what happened on their journey? They stopped and took rest in a cave. Just like the Prophet ﷺ, when he left Mecca in his hijrah, what did he do? He stopped at a cave. Which cave was that? The cave of? I don't remember. Hmm. Yes? Sawr. Okay? Because the other one was where the wahi came. Okay? And this is the one where the Prophet ﷺ stopped on his journey of hijrah. So anyway, when they stopped at this cave, these men, they decided to take some rest. So they fell asleep. And they slept for 300 years. They didn't die. They were actually sleeping. And they slept for 300 years. And when they woke up, they thought, okay, we've been sleeping only a day or part of a day. They said, we're hungry, let's go buy some food. So when they went secretly to some village or community where they could buy food from, they realized everything had changed. What's going on here? Everything is so different. And when the people whom they met, they realized that these guys are from 300 years ago and they were sleeping in the cave for 300 years, they realized that those men... What they were upon was the truth. What they were upon was the truth. So, do you think this is amazing? Of course it's amazing. Someone sleeping for 300 years? Of course. Doesn't happen with ordinary people. This is an extraordinary event that happened. كَانُوا مِنْ آيَاتِنَا عَجَبًا And أَصْحَابَ الرَّقِيمِ Who are the people of الرَّقِيمِ رَقِيمِ is from رَقَافْ مِيمِ رَقَمْ رَقَمَ is to inscribe, to write. And Raqim gives the meaning of Marqum. Because the names of the people of the cave were inscribed on a tablet. 
Okay? Just like a big historical fact, you know, it's preserved. And how was it preserved? Long time ago, people did not have paper. Right? So anything important that had to be written, it was written on, you know, it was inscribed on a tablet, or it was written on an inscription basically. So the people of Raqim, كَانُوا مِنْ آيَاتِنَا عَجَبًا What's their story? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us. First of all, an introduction to the story, and then in detail. إِذْ when, Meaning, recall the story when, awal fityatu, The fitya, the young men, they awa. Awa, from the root letter is Hamza Wawiyah. Awa ya'wi is to take shelter. So, the fitya took shelter. Fitya is the plural of fata. And who is fata? A young person. A young person who is complete in their physical ability and also their determination. So in other words, a fata is a person who is of strength and also a person who's got a lot of willpower. Very, very determined. Are young people like that? Are they like that? Are you like that? Or no? No? You know, young people are actually like that. They're very determined about what they want to do. You know, it's like when you want to go shopping. Okay? You'll drag your mother, you'll drag your father. You'll make sure you go. It's amazing how young people convince their parents to buy them something or to let them study something or let them go somewhere. It's amazing because once young people have got their heads around something, they're definitely going to do it. They're definitely going to do it. And they also have a lot of physical ability. I mean, compared to little kids, of course, they have more ability. So the fitya, they were young men, they took shelter, they took refuge in al-kahfi, in the cave. They retreated to the cave. فَقَالُوا So they said, رَبَّنَا O our Lord, Atina, You give us مِلَّدُنْكَ From yourself, رَحْمَةً Mercy. Give us mercy from yourself. Be merciful to us. وَهَيِّئْ لَنَا And prepare for us. هَا يَا هَمْزَ Tahayyu' is to make something ready. To prepare it. To prepare it in a way so that it is fit for its purpose. So وَهَيِّئْ لَنَا Prepare for us مِنْ أَمْرِنَا Concerning our matter. Rashada Right guidance. Proper conduct. The right way. These people, fitya. First of all, we find out that they were very young. They weren't old uncles, old men. Who were they? Youths. And secondly, there were a few of them. How many? About seven. Okay? And these young people, remember, they left their homes. Why? In order to preserve their faith. And they went to the cave. And on their journey, what are they doing? Making dua to Allah. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةً I want you to put yourself in their shoes. Think about it. You're young. You're young. Not old. Young. A whole life ahead of you. And especially young people, what do they like to do? What do they want to do? Have fun. But these people, their priority is not fun. What is their priority? Deen. Who is their priority? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They want to worship Allah alone. And when they see that they cannot do that in their home country, instead of creating a conflict, instead of picking up a fight, you know, or giving up, what do they do? They say, we cannot mix with the people, we cannot become like them. And at the same time, 
We cannot live in constant conflict. So what's better? Avoidance. Let's get out of here. Hopefully things will change, but for now we need to get out of here. And as they go, they don't know what's going to happen in their future. They don't know where they're going to end up. Where, you know, they might get caught. Somebody might kill them. And they're young people who've got no life experience. So who do they turn to for help? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because, oh Allah, we are doing this for your sake. And we want help from you. Notice, آتِنَا مِن لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةً لَدُنْكَ What does it mean? From near you. From you. Because what comes from Allah, that is great. That is the best. This is the reason why Abu Bakr رضي الله he asked the Prophet ﷺ that, O oh Prophet, teach me a dua that I can make in my salah. So the Prophet ﷺ taught him a dua to read at the end of his salah. Does anyone know what that is? Loudly please. وَلَا يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ فَاغْفِرْ لِي مَغْفِرَةً مِنْ عِنْدِكَ O Allah, forgive me with the forgiveness that is from you. I want your forgiveness. Because Allah's forgiveness is the best forgiveness. Likewise, mercy from Allah is the best mercy. It's the best ease. The best facilitation. So, آتِنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ الرَّحْمَةِ Oh Allah, you, you show mercy to us. وَهَيِّئْ لَنَا مِنْ أَمْرِنَا رَشَدًا We don't know what to do. We don't know where we're going to go. Which home we're going to stay at. Where we're going to eat from. We have a little bit of money. Few resources. We don't know what we're going to do. You guide us. You show us the way. There are many points in our lives where, you know, we're put in a situation where, you know, we have to choose one way. We have to decide what we're going to do. Either we're going to do something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with, or we're going to do something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be displeased with. And it's a very difficult step. But it's also something that we cannot avoid. So when you jump into it and you say, never mind, inshallah, I will go for the option by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be pleased with me. I want to follow His order. You feel lost. Because literally you're swimming alone in that ocean. Everybody is on the other side. Everybody does. Everybody is doing what is more conventional. What is more common in the culture. And here you are adopting a completely different way. Why? Because you want to follow the deen. You're a complete stranger. You don't know who to look to. You don't have many friends. You feel alone. Am I talking about aliens? Or does this happen in real life? Every time you want to follow the deen, you want to take one step further in your religion, you feel alone. You feel alone. Because sometimes your entire family is on a different page. Your friends think differently. Your counselor, your teachers, they're telling you to do something different. And here you are, deciding to do something just because it conforms more to your religion. So at that time, remember you're not alone. You are not alone. Why? Because Allah's help is with you. You turn to Allah. Ask Him for help. Atina min ladunka rahma. Ya Allah, I want your mercy. I'm doing this for you, and I want help from you alone. I expect help from you alone. And just imagine when a person expects help from Allah alone, what kind of help will he get?
what kind of help will he get? It's something that will amaze you. Last week, in the course that's happening in the same building in Urdu, they had their ten just takmil. And one of the students shared their reflections about how when they studied in Surah Al-Baqarah, that dealing with riba, with interest, is basically waging war against Allah and His Messenger, they decided that they were not going to take a riba loan for their studies. And this individual, I believe they were planning to do their master's degree or something. And you can imagine what that loan would be and how much that would matter. Because you know you want to go further in your career, your family wants you to study something, and you see the potential in yourself, and you really believe you can go far. But she said that I made up my mind, I was not going to take riba. I was not going to touch riba. And she said, you know, the ayah in which we learn that الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ الرِّبَا لَا يَقُومُونَ إِلَّا كَمَا يَقُومُ الَّذِي يَتَخَبَّطُهُ الشَّيْطَانُ مِنَ الْمَسِّ That such a person will stand on the day of judgment, will come on the day of judgment as if he has been driven to madness by shaytan. Like someone who's been possessed by a devil. Like imagine how they're behaving. This is how a person will be on the day of judgment. She said this description, you know, it frightened me, it terrified me, and I didn't want to go near riba. She made up her mind she was not going to deal with it. So then what does that mean? You don't even apply them. Because if you're not going to take the loan, you're not going to get that education. Because you don't have that money. She said, I filled out my application, submitted it, and left the matter to Allah. Seven, eight months passed. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And then a professor contacted her. He wanted her to work on something you know, with him. So she got enrolled in that program. And guess what? Everything is paid for by the university. Even the bus fare. Even the bus fare. The one who asks Allah alone for help, then Allah alone will help him. The one who leaves his matter to Allah, then Allah will create a way for him. The one who fears Allah, Allah will make a way out for him. And Allah will provide him from where the person cannot even imagine. He did not even expect. But Allah will provide him. Because who is our provider? Allah. Not people. Not banks. Allah is our provider. It's not even our parents who provide us. It's Allah who provides us through our husbands, through our parents, through different people. But the sole provider is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So ask Him for help. Any distress that you're feeling in your life, that you're suffering from, don't turn to people, turn to Allah. And jump in the ocean for His sake. Do what is right for Allah's sake and Allah will help you. These young people, they left their homes. They said, if we stay here, we're going to be forced into shirk. We're going to be forced to adopt this false religion. And we cannot live it. We have to worship Allah alone. So they left. And they said, oh Allah, you provide mercy to us. And you, وَحَيِّئْ لَنَا مِنْ أَمْرِنَا رَشَدًا What is Rashad? Rashad is right conduct. You know, knowing what to do. Knowing what to do, where to go. And when everything works out. So, oh Allah, 
make everything work out for us. We don't know how to work out our affairs. We don't know how to fix the situation. You fix it. We're taking this one step for your sake. And we believe in you. We believe in your mercy. And we trust that you will take ten steps towards us. وَهَيِّئْ لَنَا مِنْ أَمْرِنَا رَشَدًا So then what happened? When they took the step, what happened? Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help them? Of course He did. They went to the cave. And over there they were resting. فَضَرَبْنَا عَلَىٰ آذَانِهِمْ ضَرَبْنَا We struck. عَلَىٰ آذَانِهِمْ On their ears. Adhan is a plural of udun. Daraba literally means to hit, but it doesn't just mean hit. It has different meanings depending on how it's used. We struck on their ears. Fil kafi in the cave. Sinina for many years. Adada a number. Meaning for a number of years they were in the cave and we struck over their ears. Think about it. If you're lying down and somebody comes and gently pats your head, then what happens? It's as if you're being put to sleep. Isn't it? And notice how the ears are mentioned, as if the ears were sealed. So they were put to sleep. What this means is that they were put to sleep, they were made to sleep, and this sleep was deep. Because sleep is of two kinds. One kind of sleep is light. And that is the one in which you hear everything. Or almost everything. And that sleep is not good. Why? Because you hear something and you wake up. And you hear something else and then you wake up again. You're constantly disturbed. You hear every car drive by. And you hear every bird chirping. Hmm? And then you hear everybody walking upstairs. Alright? You hear all the noises. Even if somebody's walking downstairs, you hear that. This is light sleep. May Allah protect us from that. Because it can be very, very difficult. The other kind of sleep is deep sleep. In which your ears are sealed. And what that means is you don't hear anything. And when you don't hear anything, then what happens? You're not going to wake up. So they were made to sleep, deep sleep, so that they didn't hear anything because of which they were not disturbed at all. And they slept for many years. How many years? 300. Now, the second kind of sleep, that can also be problematic actually sometimes. Right? When the alarm is... You know, going off right by your head and you don't hear it. But the person in the next room, they hear it. And they come and slam your alarm shut and you're still not awake. Hmm? May Allah protect us from such sleep also. Balanced sleep, right? Moderation. Anyway. So, فَضَرَبْنَا عَلَىٰ آذَانِهِمْ فِي الْكَهْفِ سِينَ عَدَدًا Now what happens is that generally a person cannot sleep beyond you know a certain point. Out of hunger you'll wake up. You'll get tired because of sleeping too much. You'll get a headache. Right? Your eyes will become all, you know, poofy. Right? You'll get thirsty. You'll get exhausted. You will naturally wake up. But these people, what happened with them? They did not wake up at all. They slept not just for many hours, not just for many days, not just for many weeks, not just for many months, but for 300 years. Imagine! Not one year. 300 years. We don't even live that long. But they were made to sleep for this long. Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cover them with His mercy? Yes. He put them to sleep. And sleep can be very blissful at times of 
distress. Isn't it? Because then, you know, your brain turns off, at least for some time, and you get relief from all the, you know, pain and worry and anxiety that you're suffering from. So they were made to sleep. And imagine how good that must have been for them. It was a relief from their distress. ثُمَّ بَعَثْنَاهُمْ Then we raised them. We woke them up. They were made to get up from their sleep. And notice how the word barth has been used, which is basically for resurrection, coming back to life. This doesn't mean that they were dead. No, they were alive. They were sleeping because the Qur'an tells us that they were sleeping, as we will learn. So then why is this word used, barth? Because when we sleep, then what happens? Our soul is taken. Not completely, but partially. And then when we wake up, our soul is returned to us. This is the reason why when we're sleeping, what do we say? Bismik Allahumma amutu wa ahya. In the morning, what do you say? Alhamdulillahi alladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana. He gave us life after he caused us to die. He returned our soul to us. In the Quran, we learn, Allahu yatawaffa al-anfus hina mawtiha wallati lam tamut fi manamiha. Those who don't die, then their soul is taken during their sleep. Likewise in the Qur'an we learn, وَهُوَ الَّذِي يَتَوَفَّاكُمْ بِاللَّيْلِ He takes your souls by night. So, ثُمَّ بَعَثْنَاهُمْ We cause them to wake up from their sleep. Why? لِنَعْلَمَ So that we might know. And of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already knows about everything. Even 50,000 years before we were created. Hmm? Everything was written, recorded. What does it mean by this? So that we may come to know. Allah knows about everything. But just because He knows, that doesn't mean that He will judge people based on that knowledge. Allah knows the fate of every person. Allah knows the end of every person, the actions of every person. Allah knows what we're going to do even before we're going to do it. But He lets us do it. Okay? And this is called ilm of zuhur. Ilm of manifesting his knowledge. He already knows, but he manifests his knowledge by letting us do it. And this is on which our recompense is based. When we do something, then we will be given reward or punishment for it. So anyway, ثُمَّ بَعَثْنَاهُمْ لِنَعْلَمَ Then we raise them so that we may know. We may know, meaning we may show our knowledge. Of what? That ayyul hizbaini. Which of the two groups? Hizbain is a dual of hizb. Hizb, one group. Hizbain, two groups. What's the plural? Hizbun? Ahzab. Good, mashallah. So hizb, hizbain, ahzab. Alright. So which of the two groups? Ahsa. Is more precise in calculating. From the root letters, hasad, yeah. Hisa, ihsa. We have done this word earlier in many different forms. And ihsa is basically to calculate, to enumerate. The word is also used for statistics. Because what are statistics? Basically numbers, calculations. Right? And then displaying that information, presenting that information. So, which of the two groups is more precise in calculating? In calculating what? Lima, for that which, meaning the time, the duration, which, labithu, they remained. Who remained? 
the Ashabul Kahf remained where? In the cave. Amada in time. Amad. What does Amad mean? Time. So then we awaken them that we might show which of the two groups was more precise in calculating what extent the people of the cave had remained in time. Meaning how long they remained in the cave. To see who is more correct in calculating how long these youths slept in the cave. Now, the thing is that these people, these young men, it is said that they were from a village in Rome. All right? And they learned about the teachings of Isa alayhi salam. So when did they live? Sometime between Isa alayhi salam and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam. All right? So they learned about the teachings of Isa alayhi salam. And they believed. And at that time, the teachings of Isa alayhi salam were still in their pure original form. Shirk had not entered. There was no concept of Isa being the son of God. Now, what happened that when they learned about this message, they immediately accepted. But the king was a mushrik. And the thing is that in history, this is what we see. That people were always upon the religion of their leaders. State religion had to be observed by everyone. There was no freedom of religion. So if anyone renounced the religion of the king, there were severe consequences. So these people renounced the religion of the king. What that meant was basically death sentence. So they said, you know what, we're going to leave. We're going to save our lives. We're going to avoid all this problem and we're going to leave. So they left. They went to the cave. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them sleep for 300 years. They woke up. And when they woke up, they were hungry. They went to town to buy food. And when they went to buy food, it was discovered that these people were from 300 years ago. And these men were those who adopted the teachings of Isa salam, and they left. Now in those 300 years, what had happened? It is said that the religion of Isa salam had actually spread during that time in this area and all the people were basically followers of the religion of Isa salam. So what happened now that people were guessing they said, no, no, these people went 150 years ago. Some said, no, 300. Some said, no, 400. So there was a conflict as to how long these people had remained in the cave. Alright? There was a conflict as to how long the people had remained in the cave. The point is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted people to see, realize Allah's power and how He helps His servants. How Allah can make people sleep for 300 years for their own good, for their own safety, for their own well-being. And how Allah can keep a person alive for 300 years while he is, while that servant is, while that person is sleeping. What does it show? Allah's power, Allah's ability. What does it show? Allah definitely helps His servants. Now what happened with these men this is called a karama. Alright? And you may have heard of the term karama. What is karama? An unusual and extraordinary event that happens at the hands or in the life of a good righteous person. Alright? It's a miracle in the sense that it's something extraordinary, but it's different from the miracle of a prophet. 
And you see, a karama, it's not performed. Alright? No righteous person says, come, I'll show you something amazing. No. I'll show you, you know, I'll sleep for 300 years and then I'll wake up. No, it doesn't happen. You don't show it. It happens. You know, like Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu, he was given poison. A bottle of poison to drink. And basically that meant that he was supposed to be killed. And he wasn't given a choice. He said, Bismillah. And he drank it. Because he wasn't given a choice. But he said, Bismillah. He drank the entire bottle and he didn't die. He did not die. Now what is this? Akrama. It happened. Allah helped him. Allah saved him. Allah did not let him die. Despite the fact that he drank that poison. Now these youths also, Allah did not let them die despite the fact that they were sleeping in the cave for 300 years. Because who kept them alive? Allah. Who kept Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu alive? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is an unusual event. And you see a karama, what is it? Karam. Allah honors His servant by helping him, by helping the religion through him. So these people, these young men were being helped by Allah over here. And when they were woken up, and they were sent back to their people, and when they saw everything had changed, and 300 years had passed, what did people realize? These guys were upon the haqq. Hmm? What did they realize? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can do anything. That only Allah deserves to be worshipped. So this was the benefit. نَحْنُ نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ We relate upon you. Their story. Naba'ahum, their news. Naba is important, relevant news. We're going to tell you about their story, bilhaq, with the truth, in truth, meaning the true version, the actual true story. Who were they? Allah says, innahum fityatun. Indeed, they were young men. What was extraordinary about them? Amanu bi rabbihim. They believed in their Lord. Wazidinahum huda. And we increased them in guidance. Allah increased them in guidance. What does that mean? That Allah showed them the way. Allah helped them. Allah created ease for them. When the doors seemed to be closing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala led them on a way that became a means of salvation for them. So, نَحْنُ نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ نَبَأَهُمْ بِالْحَقِّ إِنَّهُمْ فِتِيَةٌ آمَنُوا بِرَبِّهِمْ وَزِدْنَاهُمْ هُدَى if you notice how the word fitya is mentioned again and again. And what happens? Young people generally, they underestimate themselves. They say, oh, I'm still a teenager. What do I know about the Qur'an? I'm so young. You know, inshallah, when I'm 30, when I'm 40, when I'm 50, when I'm a mother, when I'm a grandmother, then I'll do something good. Then I'll do something amazing. No. Allah mentions the fact that they were fitya again and again. Because a young person who is able in his body and determined... He's got a lot of willpower. He can do a lot of good. Such a person can do a lot of good only if he chooses to do it. You can't be pushed into it. You have to decide yourself. And when you will decide, when you want to do it, zidnahum huda. Allah will increase in guidance. Allah will show the way. Allah will guide the person. And for guidance, two things are necessary. If you want to increase in your guidance, two things are necessary. The first thing is your desire, your yearning. How badly do you want it? Because in the Qur'an, Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ اهْتَدَوْا زَادَهُمْ هُدَى Those who want to be guided, Allah increases them in guidance. And obviously, the second thing that is necessary is effort. You have to take that step. You have to try. 
You have to put in the effort. And when you will do it, Allah will show the way also. In Surah Al-Ankabood, Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُلَنَا Those who strive in our way, we will guide them to our way. وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَمَعَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Indeed, Allah is surely with those people who do ihsan. So the more effort a person puts in in the way of Allah, the more help he gets from Allah also. I was just thinking how they were youth, and then the youth also have a specific place under the shade of Allah, like under the throne. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah, that a person who spends his youth in the worship of Allah, spends the prime of his life when there is a lot of temptations, he spends that time in the worship of Allah, prefers Allah over others. Then what happens? Such a person will be under the shade of Allah on the Day of Judgment. So don't waste your youth. Don't say, I'll do it later when I grow up. You're already grown up, mashallah. Go ahead. Subhanallah, I realize that whatever you do in your youth is what you're going to do at an older age. And I remember my grandma, may Allah have mercy on her. Like, you know, she was at an age where she couldn't keep a track of salah. And she would wake up and think it was like already salah time. And I'll tell her, no, it's not. But because she got used to doing it at a young age, used to reading the Quran, no matter what track of time she wouldn't keep, no matter what would people tell her, she would still pray. Even if she has to pray the whole four times, she will still do it. Subhanallah. So youth is a very, very important time of life. Go ahead. When we were doing the story of Musa alayhi salam, in the Quran it was also mentioned that no one believed except for the young, like the youth. Very true. Musa alayhi salam, who believed in him? Youth. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi salam also, who believed in him? Many young people. Right? Zayd radiallahu anhu, Ali radiallahu anhu, these were early converts and they were young people. This is, you know, shaitan's attack. I'm young, I can have fun, enjoy life. But this is the prime of your life. When you have ability, you have time. You don't have much responsibility. Because what happens later in life is that, yes, you are physically fit, but you know what? Your time is not yours anymore. It's not yours anymore. You have responsibilities, and you have so many other things to do because of which... You know, your time is constantly consumed by others and you can't do much for yourself. So what you do in your youth, what you read, what you study, the habits that you develop, they will stick with you the rest of your life. You know, what you memorize now, that is what will you'll be able to read in your salah later. Because that's what you've committed to your memory. And if you haven't committed more to your memory, then what will you read later when you don't even have time to sit and read at least one juz a day or half a juz a day? How will you find time to memorize? So youth. And notice how with many young people, peer pressure. Hmm? That how they get affected by peer pressure. Everybody is doing it. This is what the pop culture is. Popular culture. Right? So do what the popular culture dictates. Become like everybody else. But these fitya, did they become like everybody else? No. They stood up for their beliefs. They said, no, we're not going to become like them. Because if we become like them, we will be doing a great injustice. So they remained firm. They relied upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah helped them in a way that nobody could ever expect. Nobody could ever imagine. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. أَمْ حَسِبْتَ أَنَّ أَصْحَابَ الْكَهْفِ وَالرَّقِيمِ
الرقيم كانوا من آياتنا عجبا إذ أوى الفتية إلى الكهف فقالوا ربنا آتنا من لدنك رحمة فقالوا ربنا آتنا من لدنك رحمة وهيئ لنا من أمرنا رشدا فضربنا على آذانهم في الكهف سنين عددا ثم بعثناهم لنعلم أي الحزبين أحصى لما لبثوا أمدا نحن نقص عليك نبأهم بالحق إنهم فتية آمنوا بربهم وزدناهم هدى So this was the introduction to the story. And now inshallah in the following ayat we will learn the entire story in detail. What conflict there was when it came to belief with their people, where they went, how long they stayed, and how did they remain alive in the cave for so long, and then how they woke up and how they went back to their people. Inshallah, the story we will learn in detail in our next class. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, nashadu an la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you.